Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jim Wynorski. I'm the director of Return of Swamp Thing. I'm here with Leslie Rosenthal, who did a fine job of making me look good. She edited the movie. And Chuck Serino, who is um, the composer for this film and also made me look real good. And finally, Arnie Holland, who paid all the bills and uh, made this film look good because we hired uh, a good DP named Zoran Hochstetter to shoot it. Hochstetter. We hired Jim Wynorski. And here we are in the swamp. This was one of the, this is not the first night of shooting. Uh, you can't see them off screen, but there's guys with real rifles standing off to the side, uh, ready to shoot alligators. Really? Yes. So this is a real swamp. They, yes, a real no, swamp. It's, it's on location in Georgia. Yeah. And they are, they erected the, during the day they put up fencing under underwater and above water, um, but they hired these riflemen to sit around and watch for gators, uh, trying to, cr cr to crash the party. So whenever I ran into a, a stick or a log under the water, you'd jump halfway out of your, your <laughs> shell. <I'll> bet. <laughs> And anyway, uh, the dry ice budget on this film was, was through right the roof. Through the roof. Um, and Well, there's a camera at, at water level, Jim. Let's talk yes. about that. Okay, yeah. Well, here's what we did. We, took <laughs> we, didn't have a, we didn't have a watertight camera. So someone built a, um, a box oh. with a saran wrap or something around it so we could dip it into the water and keep the camera from getting wet. I don't know how it managed to stay dry all the time, but uh, it worked. That, for that one shot, it looked great. great. And um, How long were you there in this, uh, did it take to shoot this? I remember, I think it took, Three? Arnie, what do you think? 18 days? 20 days? I don't know. It's been too long. What time of year were you there? That's a, that's a big question. Summer, right? It was summer. the summertime, oh, so, so you guys uh, it was very hot during the day. And uh, at night, you would wear these um, jumper, rubber jumpsuits in the water. There's that shot. And <laughs> it would be cold above your chest, and you'd be freezing, and below, you'd be dying of, of heat. What about skeeters? There were so many bugs that every three hours or so, we had to pull down all the lights on the set and clean off the bugs that were being killed oh. by the, on the on the on the musco lights, and that was you know it was like every, the lights got obscured by, by all the dead bugs, and um, there were snakes, but they you know kind of took a uh, a back seat. They did not want to get hurt, so they 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 usually rushed rushed off when 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 we got there in mass. Um, now, how close were you to the road when you were shooting this stuff? How, what was your access like? Uh, there was a place called Uncle Sheds, which you'll see later. And Uncle Sheds was, right, was like a motel right on the swamp. And um, I actually saw one day uh, a little dog run down to the water uh, of a tourist, and the gator came right out and took the dog. Boom, right inside. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. And I said, kid, get away from that water. His parents were not around. And, uh, and when I saw that, I said, uh, it, there's a good reason to be afraid about this, this place, because it, it was a surprise. The dog just got pulled into the water. Did the dog have anything to do with the movie? Nope. Good. It it wasn't, wasn't, we weren't responsible. You were. We were not responsible for that no. dog. 
People were not as litigious back then. Uh. But I'm noticing, too, that Zorin did a fantastic job of lighting this swamp. Oh, it's beautiful. It's yeah. just gorgeous. He must have had cables running through this water and creating quite a little danger yes. for his crew. There was a big crew, and uh, we would get there early and start setting up lights, and as soon as it got kind of dark, uh, he'd put them on and make, you know, adjustments. Um, um, uh, they... Uh, line here is shoot that thing and that became our uh our motto through the whole shoot that, film. shoot that thing now what about these actors jim are they were they all local or some of they these... were all local from like south carolina uh -huh. and, and georgia uh these guys all came in they they uh they worked a lot for dino de Laurentiis because um uh, he had his studios down there ah. so if you watch a lot of de Laurentiis films from the 80s you'll see all these guys they were nice guys. They, they came and they showed up. And um, 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 this guy in particular with the glasses was, was a, a lot of fun. I don't remember his name. And you're using real, real gunfire there. It's not CG. There was no CG then. No, no CG. Is there any, like, post-CG in this film? Not a... Uh, uh, not there's a, a little bit of rotoscoping in it, isn't there? Yeah, there's rotoscoping, but, but that's not, film. Not, not no CG. CG. No CG. There weren't... Computers back then were... Well, it was 1987, I believe mm -hmm. this was made. Shot, yeah. And shot, shot at 35, right? Maybe 35 shot in 88. film. I don't know, but yeah. it was okay. Here we come. We're going to run across uh, uh, my ex-girlfriend Monique Gabrielle, who I and she still. I understand she still looks like this. I wish she did. I wish she did. I wish. I wish her luck too. She just kind of disappeared in I, the early 90s. And uh, she was a sweetheart, though. And uh, no, she, she was—I I remember she Monique. Had she had fun uh, working on this movie. Um, the one oh, of the producers, uh, uh, Michael Uslan, um, really wanted to get the Creedence Clearwater song for the for the movie. Uh, yeah, that was that was me wanting to do that too. Really, Arnie? I'm the one that cleared that. We were worried because, of course, John Fogarty had this big dispute with Fantasy Records, and you know, weren't sure we could, anyone could use it, but we managed to clear it. Oh, that's good, because it was, it was a great choice to, to use as the main title of this, of this movie. We had to have that. It was, like, really important to us. Um, and ben and Michael, we, we, we have to mention them. Uh, Michael Uslin was a brilliant uh, producer who just really believed in the idea of the comic book movie. And uh, we did a deal with them to, uh, for everything that they did, with one little exception, which was Batman. And they are the executive producers on all the Batman movies. Whether they do anything or not is a whole other story. Uh, but they, uh, they brought the comic book movie back to the silver mm -hmm. screen. Starting with this one. Yeah. They certainly did. Um, uh, I had a lot of fun working on this movie because it was... I always liked comic books when I was a kid, and Swamp Thing was a particular favorite. Um, what were the at the time? How were the how was the market for superhero movies? I mean, was this one of the only ones out at the time? Yeah. Well, there had been Superman. Yeah, right. it was post Superman, okay. but pre Batman. Yeah. Right. So, and also Michael uh, Michael Uslan was a huge comic book fan. Um, the title sequence is coming up, and when we went made that, he brought into the editing room just a stack of original com Swamp Thing 
comic books, and he said, use these. And, I, and when we had to put them on, um, you know, on an optical printer to, to make the titles you're going to see, um, we had to cut some of them. And, and he was like, go ahead. And they were originals. Um, they're, they're worth a lot now. Yeah, they are. For that, those were used in the main titles. Yes. They're used in the main title oh, sequence. Yeah. And we cut them up and spun them around. And Who shot that? Who did the main uh, titles? That was Motion Opticals. Motion Opticals. Okay. Stewart at Motion Opticals. And here we go, the title sequence. Which is in the font from the comic books, I believe. Yes, wow, it is. it is. Perfect. Yeah. And again, all these are original um, pieces of art from the first 30 or 40 issues of, of Swamp Thing. Yes, we put them on a printer, spun them around, moved them, and... It was a know. lot of fun. It was like... And again, this was my second time working with Dick DeRock. That's who played, right. Who played Swamp Thing. He's, he's uh, When was the first time, Jim? That was with you and I on Yes, Chuck Cerino and I uh, uh, started off uh, in Hollywood as... I was a production assistant on a, sh on a show called uh, Starstruck, <laughs> produced by Herbert B. Leonard, who'd done Route 66. And Rin 1010. And Rin 1010. And I did the visual effects on that show. Yes. So Chuck did the visual effects. I, I was a, a production assistant. It was my first on-screen credit in, the, in, uh, in Hollywood. And... Um, Ooh, I worked... Well, Go ahead. Yeah, there she is. I worked is. with him again on, uh, was W.B. Blue and the Bean? Oh. I th was he in that one? He was I a very think. nice guy. He, yes. he was the villain in Starstruck, and then I got to work with him on um, Return of Swamp Thing, um, where he put in incredible hours and time to make this character uh, appear real and alive, and uh, I've got to give him a big credit for that. Um, the guy that made the, the costumes was was legendary too the carl fullerton yeah yeah um also uh, a lot of the other creatures were, were uh, done by steve neal who we met on, mm -hmm. on, Star on starstruck Struck. yes it was a small town back then yes it was there the uh, melnicker and uslin is ben still around i don't see how he could be he'd, he'd have to be so old he'd probably he's, he'd be a hundred Easily. He might. He might be. Well, good for him. First day of filming here with Heather at a little flower shop in uh, Savannah, Georgia. And um, uh, although this script was uh, is credited to these uh, two writers. Um, a lot of it was rewritten by myself and uh, John Terleski, who has gone on to a very successful directing career in television. Um, we wrote a lot of the kids' stuff in, uh, the, the two kids you're going to meet, and we had a lot of fun doing that. Did, were the kids in the original version? The kids were in the original version in very small parts. And I said, well, this is a kid's movie. Let's up the ante and give these kids something to do. And uh, we found these two kids in Georgia. In Georgia, they're uh, amazing. Those two kids. Uh, My favorite line in the movie, though, was in this scene: uh, "Why can't men be more like plants?" Yeah. That was the. Uh, that was the, uh, <laughs> the. Well, she's a girl who loves plants. That the catch line on the poster in in some countries, I think. Yeah. 
another extra, but um, I think she's watching TJ. <laughs> so I was on, a, I was in Savannah for my honeymoon a couple of years ago, and the guy on the bus uh, announces all the movies that were shot in Savannah, and he mentions the Return of Swamp Thing. But he said it, he said it wrong. He said. Uh, it wasn't, he didn't call the return of Swamp Thing. He called it something else, I can't remember. But I went up and corrected him, and now he knows to say it correctly on the tour in Savannah, because they are very proud in Savannah that th this film has, was shot there. Rob Wilson King was the production designer on this film. He did, he's, he's done a lot of successful movies, and um, he did some incredible work um, on this show, too, creating the... Uh, mad laboratory downstairs and it, and that establishing shot of the house you just saw was all faked by him wasn't that built a facade built on the front of a house so you could do the explosion yes. oh spoiler no oh. it is it is a it's a genius it's it's a facade and this is uh you know uh, the mad scientist laboratory which of course is this is shot in georgia too yes there was a uh warehouse uh at the edge of savannah um and I can't tell you how hot this place got. There was no really? air conditioning. So uh, it looks cool because of the blue light and everything, but in there, it was 110. Ooh. Again, this is another um, a Steve Neal creation. Um, he did a lot of the... Um, um, oh, that's the, the office cat, if you hear that. Um, or is it Leslie? I don't know. Which, no, it's, uh, I, I think it's this uh, cool cat who's helping us make this sitting right here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I carried over um, another character. Uh, I had just filmed a movie with uh, Tracy Lords called Not of This Earth, a remake. And um, one of the fun characters in that movie was Dr. Rochelle. So um, I kind of brought him back as a kind of another crazy doctor. This is Ace, actor Ace Mask, who I worked with many, many times over the years. And of course, Sarah Douglas. Sarah Douglas, a uh, uh, very pretty woman. Yes, every 10-year-old every thought she was uh, hot and evil. Because she she'd been in the Superman films. Correct. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was the uh, Ursa in the... Uh, she played one of those... Uh, the, the villains. The, the villains, yes. right. Yeah. And she's the sweetest. These are some pretty Gnarly, outrageous... Yeah, yeah, this is, again, Steve Neal going crazy. Here. And uh, he, he just went nuts with some of these things. Well, I see a lot more imagination in, in this film than I see in a lot of films today. Well, today it seems like it's all, like... Derivative. It's derivative, and they all everybody's relying heavily on CGI. Yeah, you know all these cities that are destroyed and and uh, monsters that are taken over. It's all CGI. I think people are you know, at least I'm kind of I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah, but you could have done some great things with Swamp Thing if it, we'd had CGI. If we'd had CGI, but again, this is pretty great the way it is. Without yeah. the without you know without it, I think we we pulled a, a couple of miracles off in this picture. This was, um, again, uh, 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 not CGI, but... Um, Roto. Rotoscoping, which was around at the time. I remember there was um, bats 
and birds and all kinds of things in this warehouse. <laughs> and somebody would always like, not shoot off a gun, but they'd do some loud noise, like a big buzzer or something, which would shut them all up for at least 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> That's funny. This guy local too? I always this thought he was This guy was hilarious. way local. I yeah. don't remember his name, but he was this <laughs> funny guy that came in, came in to read. He was funny. And um, I said, this guy is gonna crack people up, because he was cracking me up. And um, another actor I brought in, um, sitting behind, standing behind him is, is um, uh, Joey Segal, who plays kind of a creepy security agent. And um, Joey had been in uh, um, The Hidden, and um, he'd done a lot of, a lot of films. I, I've worked with him again since, and uh, there he is behind there, behind now, this looks This looks like a real location here. Yeah, you know, we, uh, there was a, a, a a fellow in Savannah who had a kind of a, a mansion who had a kind of a, a reputation of, of being a murderer. <laughs> wow. And That's great. Um, who had gotten away with it. So we rented his mansion and shot all the interiors of the arcane um, mansion inside his mansion. It's another local guy with Heather. You got the idea for this scene from Driving Miss Daisy, right? Not really. No. Not I think Driving Miss Daisy was still a few years ahead. Yeah. This guy's funny, though. This guy was, I, I wish there was more of him. Yeah. He's very amusing. So, Leslie, the whole time you're in a hotel room getting these dailies and editing to together? Yeah, actually, I was in a room right next. Joey Segal was in the room next to me, but the the right next to our editing suite, and uh, so we had a big projector. We moved in a projector, so we screened dailies in there, and uh, and then I had a room in the back where I was cutting. So all the dailies came in there. My assistant Mark Persley sunk them, screened it to everyone. You remember the projector on the set? It 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 caught on fire at first, <laughs> exploded, and the hotel, it, it burned a wall in the, in the hotel, and then um, they sent down another projector. If we broke anything like a moviola bulb, it was then cut on a moviola, you had to, I think you had to get, bring it in from New York or Atlanta. So you rented it from New York or Atlanta, yeah. brought the moviola in. Brought all the equipment came in, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was uh, everybody was working out of a, a motel. Yeah. A nice motel, actually. And um, it was in the city, so you could basically go eat very well because there were oh, a lot of great of restaurants, restaurants, restaurants in Savannah. How far were these locations out of the city? Um, the swamp, like Uncle Shad's, was about 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. And um, I enjoyed Uncle Shad's because it was a, uh, a, a little bit of history. Yeah. Um, and dangerous. I went there one day, I went there early just to, uh, you know, look, this is the kind of place it was. Uh, uh, it's I beautiful. Went, I went there early and I took a little boat out into the swamp. Alone? Alone. I should oh, have never done, it, never but done I, it, but I did. And I, I ran across floating headstones. Not floating, but stunk, stuck in the water. Oh, you know? you're kidding. So it was like an old grave out there? Old grave that had kind of come up, and, and it was old headstones. You couldn't read the names on them because the, they had been weathered for 
so long. So it was, it was quite that a, a quite a place. And I'm glad, but I'm glad I did it. I mean, a, a gator could have jumped in the boat, but he didn't. So. Uh, um, Is it still standing today? Uh, Uncle Shed's? Yeah. I haven't been to Uncle Shed's since <laughs> I left the set. I'm probably the last person that's been to Savannah in this room. Yeah. I was there like two years ago. And it still looks just like this. I wouldn't expect it to change that very no. much. Things on the East Coast don't change, just on the West Coast. <laughs> Here comes the lovely and talented Louis Jordan, who I hate. He's gone now, but he's uh, always been a, he was always uh, so full of MGM baggage. <laughs> that yeah, he, you know, he made Gigi and uh, and uh, and oh yeah, uh, some very famous MGM pictures back uh, before everybody on listening to this commentary was born. So when he came to the set, he thought he was making Gigi too, <laughs> and, and acted accordingly. Yes, um, and. He was very brisk in this film. You know, if, if there was a wide, you know, if I did a wide master, he says, that's the best one. I'm not going to do any more. I said, you know, Louie, you have to, okay? I need coverage. And, and he was, you know, it was just getting him to do anything was like pulling teeth. Wow. He, it looks like that. He wasn't and, and our, 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 our favorite for the role, but we got a lot of our financing out of a video deal with RCA Columbia Home Video. And they insisted we had to have somebody from the original film. And Louis was the only he one. He was the one. Ah, oh, okay. I would have gotten Nick Worth. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been funny. And by this point in the film, I had written maybe eight transitional pieces, meaning there are only 10 second pieces of music to get us to this part. There hasn't been any long pieces of music up to this point. For, for you, well, there's, music the, there's a piece of music that I really enjoyed. Is this when Louis goes down into the first goes down into the um, um, mad laboratory? That's his theme down the elevator with the TikTok sound. Yeah, that's his theme. I remember Mike Uslan coming to me and said it sounded like something from Peter Pan. Really? I, I I Peter that. Pan did, and I don't I don't, I don't remember, remember anything like that in Peter Pan. I don't remember but, anything uh, in Peter Pan. That's but. what he likened it to at the time. Was that your concept with the music, is to introduce thematically little, the little... Little themes, pieces. The little themes? Yeah. Because you can hear every time a character's introduced, they, they get Heather has her theme, and, mm -hmm. and Swampy has his theme. Dr. Arcane. Jim is very, very concerned about thematic material when it comes to music. And, we, you know, we're big fans of the old spaghetti westerns where Eastwood had his little signature theme for the dollar film. So since Jim and I have been scoring so many... I've been, I've, we've been doing so many films together, we keep that up in every movie. Every character, almost every character has some sort of theme, or we keep a theme going throughout. And actually, Jim is really knowledgeable in music, and, oh. uh, besides being a big fan of Leone and many other people, but Jim really knows. I remember once we were on a, uh, on a stage, and Jim says, I think we're on for this film, and he says, I think that's backwards. And everyone <laughs> said, no, 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 no. And sure enough, they took it down, took, the, took, took it off the dummy, and played it, and it was sure enough, the track was backwards. Wow. So his ear was very perceptive. Yeah. You know. It was actually a sound, a sound effect of bubbles, so it wasn't music, obviously. We weren't, everyone wasn't right. insane. But I do have a funny Louis Jordan 
story that Sarah, Let's hear it. that Sarah Douglas told me. She said when she got this role, she was a little she was talking to her mother. She said she was very nervous because she said, Mother, isn't he very old? And and her mother says, Darling, he's a Frenchman. Age makes no difference. <laughs> <laughs>
and I got permission from Greenpeace and their involvement that in some way. I don't remember what they did, but uh, I, I know I had I, I I think they did it on a day off and and uh, yeah shot it with the kids. Again, the big confrontation between Swampy and whatever this character is. Leechman. Leechman. That's it. Leechman. Because the name of this piece of music is Leechman. Leech <laughs> and this was tough because I, I've never had a real orchestra. This is all synthesizer, uh, except for, which we'll talk about later, the, the love theme. Oh. Uh, but all this is like synth, trying to get a French horn sound out of a synth in, in the uh, late 80s was not easy. I'm sure. You know. But, you know, we had, we, I knew I had, all, they purchased all these cars to blow up, and they said I could destroy them, so we, I said, okay, we'll have a big fight around the cars, and then blow, blow everybody up. They blow up real good. They did blow up real good. We had fire trucks from, from two different counties off to the side. Again, the, the, the rain machines were going, and what I <laughs> couldn't believe was that they were pulling this water out of the swamp. The rainwater. Oh, the rainwater swamp water? It was coming out of the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever was in that swamp was raining down on us. Oh, gosh. Leeches and all kinds of stuff. I remember it took hours to... There's this shot where the, the leech man is running across on fire. And um, um, we had to blow all things up separately. And, again, this took forever because... You have to be safe. You had two cameras on this. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a huge body burn. Isn't the stuntman playing this character? Yeah. Stuntman's playing this character. Yeah. And then what? And then you cut that explosion in. Uh huh. To make it look like he blows up when he hits the wall. And then dissolved it into Swampy standing yeah. there. It was very well done. When I saw it, Leslie has, has, has saved my ass many, many times over the over the course of the film. She's cut for me. She, uh, she's the creator of the, of the classic head explosion in Chopping Mall. And uh, she does all these. Someone, uh, Kevin Schmidt, who was a PA on this film, gave me that newspaper two years ago. Really? He's I, in the movie, too. Yes, Kevin Schmidt's one of the uh, guards. Yes, in fact, all of my post-production crew is in the movie in pickup shots. I know. We, we, we did pickup shots out here in yeah. L.A. Mark Persley was one of the This is from a Serio Santiago picture. <laughs> Don't tell them that. It is. It's <laughs> from know, a Serio <laughs> Santiago picture. That's all from another Serio Santiago. That's in the Philippines. Yes. yes. And then is, Annette... Uh, is this also... Annette? You cleared that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, you guys bought this stuff. Oh, okay. This is Because I recommend... I recommend is that no, no. That, that, oh, oh, okay. All the ATVs, the ATVs are, are, are here. Somebody, Georgia. Georgia. Annette Cirillo. Annette Cirillo, who was um, a so-called producer on this film, went out one day and shot some of those ATVs jumping over things. So we had a little bit of Philippines there for a few. Yes, that was the Philippines, believe wow, it or not. On location in the Philippines for Return of Swamp Thing. That's Woo. it. When they needed it, I said, I know where you can get it cheap. And and they went to Roger, and he's Roger, of course... Sell them anything. <laughs> so they got the negative, and it, you know, I don't think anybody knows that up till now. But I may have mentioned it on the original dialogue uh, uh, commentary track from the DVD. 
So this new Blu-ray looks pretty damn good. Yeah, and this is a low-level... Yeah, this is uh, com compressed. This compressed. is very compressed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we got a nice transfer from the original film materials. And, oh, uh, that's good. They've already got, like you told me, they were, you already have the Blu-ray from the UK. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but the Blu-ray from the UK is, 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 with, is bare bones. It doesn't have anything on it. Well, we're going to have this on it. And hopefully got, another thing or two. Right, exactly. I'm it, hoping... Uh, put some of the score on some it. Some of the, put the... Putting the score on it and, uh, uh, you know, other things. Photos, photo, photo sessions and stuff like that. I know all that stuff exists. You guys must have some photographs. Photo, photographs I've got, yeah. Yeah. The score you've got. So between yeah, the two of us, it. we can put that together. Sure. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say, you know, when Louis was good, he was, he was good. Um, he, he was just trying to get him there. Well, uh, he adds a lot of sophistication to, to, to the entire film just through who he is. The fact that he was in the Bond film. Exactly. So you feel this has a Bond feeling to it with your lab. Yeah. It does, indeed. Okay, yeah. He's a cross between a, a Bond character Blofeld. and a mad, mad and, scientist. And of course, yeah. you know, my, my penchant for ladies with uh, lots of cleavage are on view here, too. Ah, that's where they get the blood sample. Yes, they do. And it was my idea to call the, par uh, the parrot Gigi. <laughs> Gigi. <laughs> that's right. He's got that line. Yes. That's from... And, and he actually sings, at, not sings, but speaks, says, speaks, sings uh, a couple of lines from uh, the song. Well, you guys edited this in a hotel room. The movie was scored in a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it was my extra bedroom on LeMay Street in Van Nuys. There you go. And that's where this music was written. And Jim would come over. At least over. he didn't give him the, ad, the, the actual address. <laughs> no, people are going to be running all over LeMay Street looking for this house. <laughs> he doesn't live there anymore. No, I don't. So, anyway, Heather, um, Heather is leaving to go to meet uh, Gerdell and uh, what was the other guy's name? This guy actually said a says a great line. He says, uh, "I'm like lunch meat. I'm always ready." And it was an ad lib. That's where you got it from. Yes, you've used that in every movie since then. Yes, I have. If I can fit it in, I fit it in. I'm it's like, even in Tony's, the last one that yes. you wrote. I'm like oh my lunch God. meat. I'm always ready. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an ad lib. Yes, that's it was an ad lib story. by one of these guys. And uh, is um, it in the film? It's in the film. I don't even remember it. Wow. These and guys are local, too? These were got local guys, and I thought, oh, my God, they're so over the top. Georgia but has a good stable of actors, and you can tell they still do, because a lot of good TV shows come out of uh, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. yeah. And they, they offer uh, great financial incentives. Yeah. I believe uh, uh, Stranger Things is shot in Georgia. Yeah. When I, dro I drove through Georgia, and it's the only state that I know of where you, if you have to drive the speed limit. Or they... Or, or they'll... Yeah, they, just everybody drives the speed limit there. It's, it's crazy. 
I remember we were driving around looking for locations one day, and I saw a restaurant called The Squat and Gobble. <laughs> and I said, that's got to be a set. And no, we pulled in, and it was The Squat and Gobble. And it was a little, it was a little hedgehog eating a sandwich on their, po on their poster. And I said, I'm, I'm not in California anymore. She's so cute. I mean, she was so such a doll, and she she was e so easy to work with. Um, I think she was going out with that uh, Tommy Lee at the time, because he came down to the set a couple of times, and Tommy Lee came to the set with um, Charlie Sheen. And so one day I, I walked on the set, and there was Heather, Charlie Sheen, and Tommy Lee, and. Um, it no was, selfies? You know, I did, there were no <laughs> selfies at the time. We had a still photographer, but uh, um, he was only there during actual shooting. I have a question about Swamp Thing's makeup. Yes, sir. How long did it take to put it on each day? Ooh, I could... Uh, Arnie, you, you were there. I wasn't there. I was in New York. Oh. Chuck Mitchell was there, my, my former partner, uh -huh. and uh, his assistant, Annette Cirillo, and... Uh, it took, After that, he married her. There you go. It took I, at least an hour. Okay. Maybe sometimes an hour and a half. And I didn't want to, you know, do my usual hurry up, hurry up, because... Well, you want it to be perfect. He'd always step out looking like this, and I'd say, oh, that's good. And... Um, an hour is not bad for that makeup. I... When I first got approached to do this film, uh, I told, I think it was Michael or somebody who called me. I said, I'd love to do it, but please let's improve on the costume. Yes. Because, you know, I'd gone to see the first one here, the, the Wes Craven one, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I, I was kind of put off that the costume wasn't as comic booky as, mm. as, as it should have been. Were you uh, satisfied with this one? Um, oh, yes. I think it's the best one ever. The TV show wasn't as good. This is footage from uh, Wes Craven's uh, re uh, original Swamp Thing, which we purchased to uh, get a do little... Do a flashback. Do a flashback. And I always thought this was the, one of the coolest body burns I'd ever seen. So, so when uh, we had a chance to get some of it, we did. You know, once uh, we did a little shooting on one of the squares in Savannah, and Swamp uh, Dick Durock came out in the suit, and people just came out from everywhere with him in the in daylight, just came out like, who is that? They, I mean... While he's in his suit? Yeah, they were fascinated by the suit and, the, and him standing there in Savannah. We did sell the suits to the TV show that, that Usland did afterwards, so it should have been the same suit. It's similar, but I think they really did redid the face again for... This is all our staff, I believe. <laughs> Isn't it, Leslie? Yeah. There's, there's Kevin, there's Kevin. They're almost wearing Galactitech costumes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we just did a, 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 a series of also, movies a called Dog, right a Doggone Christmas, Doggone Hollywood, and... Uh, in the last one, we have guys wearing costumes like this. It's Very called, similar. It's called a doggone uh, adventure. Except they're not sleeveless.
I think that there were some real flugelhorns playing in this queue. Really? This, this, yeah. I did bring in a flugelhorn player for, for one of the chases. Turn him into guacamole. That was one of the great lines. And I think that was uh, um, uh, courtesy of, of uh, God, who, who told me that line? It might have been uh, Joey Segal who came up with that. I remember in the original script, the bullets were supposed to be cutting him down smaller and smaller, but I guess that became impossible to shoot? Impossible, yes. Yeah, that's one of the things we could do today if we... Oh, yeah, you could easily do that today, but... Yeah. Again, all this, a lot of this stuff is shot... Wasn't this somewhere else? This is in Malibu. Remember, we did a pickup? Yes. This is my po that's, that's post-production supervisor, Mark Persley, assistant editor. That's right. I remember going to Malibu and shooting this stuff. No gators here. No gators. <laughs> no, but there's a surfer underneath that water. Yeah, we needed a little insert piece that indicated that there was a section of Swamp Thing still alive that was going to regenerate. Uh, this was the scene where Louis wanted just to make it a single take, and he fought me on this tooth and nail. Why? Why would he This was, he, he just thought it, it should just be this. And the scene was too long, and you needed to have this. Right. And, and the reverse. And, he, and he, to see all this, you know. It's a good close-up. Anger in the eyes and things like that. And he thought, you know, he, would, he, he fought me tooth and nail to get this. I think he wanted to get back to his room to watch Hawaii Five-0. That's possible. That's possible. And um, we were all standing there in 105 degree heat. This place was an oven. But this hasn't been, this is not your only Swamp movie, is it? Uh, I've done you have a, two other Swamp movies. I've done other Swamp movies, yes. <laughs> but nothing is as elaborate as this. I got along with uh, Sarah Douglas very well. She was uh, a pro and... Uh, um, She's smart and charming. Yes, and I, I t chatted with her a lot during the course of this about Superman and, you know, things that... Um, she also ended up being in um, a film I wrote called Beastmaster 2, but that was after this. Again, all this stuff was, you know, in this, uh, the murder mansion downtown, in downtown Savannah. And back then you didn't have the insurance issues for live candles that we have today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Today, in today's today, world... You can't light a, a lighter in a movie today without having a fireman on the set. That's right. You need a fireman and... Uh, and uh, so were no firemen on your set here? I don't believe there were. I love this effect. I thought this was really well done. We poured water. That leads to another pipe, and they, we just put some, you know, some, you know, muck on a string. And yeah, but it's totally it. believable that the essence of Swampy is 
oozing through the water, and th this music is very oozy too. Yeah, it was. It's it's a good cut. It's, but it's it a good could track. be called ooze, I think. <laughs> and um, always and a good title we, for a track. And then we exactly. wanted to, you know, pan up to the house so you know it's it's going into the um, arcane mansion. The arcane mansion. Um, and there was a, the scene where the uh, um, ooze comes out of the the faucet. Mm -hmm. That was all uh, a set too. We had a we had a pipe that went there, and it was a big. Right. It was a big. You couldn't re replumb the house. No, they built a set. And um, the nice thing about Savannah was, like you know, on on your day days off, you could go, you could go to a, uh, a lot of great restaurants. They had all kinds of um, uh, shops and. Curio shops and old stuff, and um, <laughs> nice look. She was such a sweetie. We had to cut the bars so we could. I could do that shot. She could. She's so thin, and uh, she probably could crawl through that hole. But uh, um, I wanted to get that shot, and that there was a bar across there that wouldn't let me do it, so we cut it. Joey Segal is the son of, of um, Boris Segal, who was a famous director. His sister. Is, is Katie Segal from um, Married with Children. Right. That's a hairy T-shirt he's wearing. Yeah, it is. He's got, he's, he's got the full sweater on. And um, I worked with him again in, in a, f a film called uh, Lost Treasure, Nicolette Sheridan. And he played a good character in that. Here we go. This is there. This is a set. I think we shot this um, at the uh, warehouse. Uh, Rob Wilson King, you know, you know. And getting that effect with the green, it was there was a big pot behind the thing, and we started with the green dye, and then this stuff came out, and we, and then um, Jim Stewart and Linda Drake at Motion Opticals added all this uh, stuff, and here's Chuck Serino <laughs> trying I, to match his fingers exactly because usually you're supposed to have someone perform to a playback of of music, but in this case, Jim just had him go out there and. <laughs> doodle around on the keyboard. So I had to match what he was playing with a, an original piece of music, and I think it worked out okay. It sounds great. I it, it, looked, it looks great, but you know that Mr. Jordan called the editing room, and this scene was the thing he was most concerned with. Uh, I think I had to have the film sent, and or he came down, actually, and looked at it. Really? He looked, why? Yeah. Did he say why? Because he... Um, no, he didn't. He, he didn't would, tell you why. He just he wanted. He want. I I, I assume that he wanted, he wanted to make sure to, he looked like he was really performing. Yeah, that okay. he looked. And good. he did. He looked yeah. like he was really performing. But it was the fingering on the keyboard with the close up, trying to match that and make it work in a musical way because he didn't know how to play. He was just hitting notes. No one should push Heather around no, like that. <laughs> this guy deserves to get need in the balls, and he and, and, and he does, and he does. 
<laughs> that was a very light tap on the head with it. She was a, you know. She's very she, petite. Very petite and very delicate. <sighs> Those breakaway glasses, who cares? You know, I don't think there's one shot of me on that set. Right? There should have been. I don't know why. And we're back. Everybody just took a bathroom break. It was good. It was, <laughs> so, it was excellent. Actually. It was excellent. We're back, and uh, just in time to see Heather escape. And um, here comes Swampy's new introduction. He, he's, they, his new incarnation. Yes, he comes back as a... I wish I could do this. <laughs> I, tr I tried to do this once, and it didn't work. <laughs> well... Uh, the, he's got a grudge because they turned him to sludge. That was <laughs> dun, the... Dun, 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 dun. I remember doing that. Yeah, well... Jim actually sang what he wanted in some places in this movie. I did. He would go, I want that theme you wrote, dun, 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 here. And he would sing it for me. Tony Caesar, by the way, is, uh, who was that guy with this, the shorter guy with the gun, is a, is a great stuntman. He's done a lot of work. Of course, here comes uh, Swampy to the rescue. <laughs> Boom. Takes Boom. him out quick. <laughs> that Swampy, he knows how to land a punch. Yeah, he does. He does. I've fallen down a flight of stairs. It was no bargain, I gotta tell you. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. It is, of course. Yeah. And here comes uh, the, the, the ride across the front yard. And it Very, takes a while for them to get across yes, that front yard, it's, it's doesn't a, it? It's, <laughs> the it magic be, of editing. It's, it's, uh, it's a miles it's worth of... miles um, worth of driving here. Exactly. But I wanted it to be action-packed, and so uh, I, made it, I made sure it was going to take a long time to get across... Right. It's a football field. <laughs> ...the front yard. Of yard. <laughs> well, you know, there's, you know, Jim never met an explosion he didn't like. Exactly. So. Exactly. And, and these are not CGI explosions. This no, is real pyro. There were pyro bombs Crazy, all over the wild place. pyro bombs. And, and I have Heather, you know, killing the people. <laughs> There's a lot of bullets, a lot of lead flying. A lot of here. lead flying. And, of course, that, that truck's still going across the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long... But we haven't unloaded all of our, 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 our chambers yet, you know, so we have to... You did, a great, job. You did a great job on extending this, uh, this little travel... <laughs> There we go. Okay, and they're out. Only took them 60 seconds, going 60 miles an hour to get across that front yard. <laughs> it's the magic of editing, right, Leslie? Absolutely. I think she used every possible shot. Sh yeah, I think. No frame unturned exactly. or unused. Unused frame. If it exploded, we used we it. We used it, exactly. Wasn't anything good just left behind? No. We don't leave anything behind. <laughs> 
I remember they we we bought that green slime that was in the city. You know, the little little jar, bottle of slime, that green slime. Was there anything bad that was left behind? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I like these these a this ape. This this was a, a again oh, the, no. on the first day and of shooting and the bear. First day of shooting with these kids. Um, I wanted to write. You know, I I started writing stuff because I had them. And right across from where Uncle Shed's was, was this little playground. And I said, okay, I'm going to shoot there. All right. Swamp has never been more colorful, thanks to um, Rob Wilson King. Um, the swamp as, as, in, 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 in normal times is just green and muddy and f pretty icky. But, but this has flowers. But we and wanted vines. to make the swamp look as para you know as much as paradise as we could. And this is an iconic scene. Oh yes, this is with the tuber, okay? The magic tuber. That's the right. Magic tuber toothpaste. <laughs> and um, and this is also is this the first incarnation of the love theme? Yes, I right. believe it is. Okay, I wanted to say uh, talk a little bit about the theme, in that the the recorder that plays the part is uh, played by Mark Lewis, who passed away a few years ago. He was a storyteller at the Renaissance Fair. And we used one of the first sampling devices ever devised for mankind, and I sampled all his, uh, his different trills and things with his, with his um, recorders. We used three different recorders for these sounds. And uh, then they were put into the score using a, one of the first samplers. There's, wow. the, there's your story about uh, the, the love theme for Return of Swamp Thing. Well, it's a, it's a great theme, um, and I look forward to hearing it uh, um, separated. In, in quad. Separated in quad. <laughs> um, and then... Here's the tuber. The tuber. Everybody everybody got a laugh with this. <laughs> what is the tuber made from? Is it a... Is it a is it, a it is a real piece of, uh, it's like a... Horseradish? Squash. It's like an endive. It, uh, yeah, okay. it must be an endive or something. <laughs> it's but it's a, a magical one. It's not well, a Brussels yeah. sprout. It, it, no, Brussels well, sprout. You know, we, I was trying to get the idea that, you know, he has magical, you know, powers and... Uh, that are attached to his belt. Uh, but it looks more like a... Like a it could be... A growth. A growth. <laughs> right, he can extrude it whenever he wants. Exactly. Yeah, it's extruded growth. Okay. Now, is this Dick Durock? No. no. This is some guy that she hated. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, he was so full of himself. Dick? No, no. This, oh, this model guy. here that came in to be the, uh, the, the humanoid swamp thing. He was so... in like a McClure brother. Yeah, it looks like Doug McClure, uh, his older brother. Anyway... She didn't like him, said she would do it, and she did it, and then we sent him packing on his way. Uh, he thought he was like God's gift, and so, and uh, I should have done it uh, with, with just... With Dick DeRock. With Dick DeRock. Because look, he's left here just standing there. He doesn't get any action. And no. Some guy that got Poor paid a hundred bucks to be an extra. A <laughs> hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would have paid him. I know. I would have paid uh, Lightyear. This parent would have been to better do, than do a scene like that. I would have okay. done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That scene where uh, the the picture that that's the the the, the cover the poster uh, 
Spit it out, Arnie. This is a commentary track. <laughs> of, uh, of Swamp Thing carrying Heather out of that, out of that scene. Yeah. Uh, was we, we had agreed with Heather's manager that that was going to be the key art of the film. Oh. But then we turned the film over to Harvey Weinstein. Uh-oh. Uh, we, we convinced Miramax that they ought to uh, uh, distribute this film. And it was the first Dimension film. Uh, so Bob was involved. And uh, uh, Harvey, though, didn't like the key art that we'd selected and agreed to with Heather's manager. And so he had a, uh, a cartoon drawn, try to make it look more comic booky. That's but, where that came from. And, and uh, but he enhanced uh, her bosom. And uh, she didn't really look like that. She was a lot more petite. And, uh, uh, but he, he started using that in the, uh, uh, the, the newspaper advertising. Mm -hmm. And I got this call from Heather's manager. You're ruining her career. And I was like, no, no, that wasn't me. That was Harvey. Wow. Well, Karma has come back. Yes. Is that, uh, is that piece of artwork going to be available on this, on this Blu-ray, you think? The cartoon? No, no the, uh, the, the poster. Oh, that'll be yeah, the, the, the agreed one? Yeah, we'll, of course we, we'll go back to that. Yeah. There's I mean, also a uh, nice paperback novelization of this film. Oh, I did that deal, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a nice cover. It's out of print now, but the... I've got a copy of it somewhere. <laughs> picture, put that picture up on... Well, I don't know, maybe. Uh, on, in the photo section. Did you see that the good doctor is reading the same magazine as the boys are reading? Yeah, that's fine. I think that that's was fine. I think that was uh, my, my call. He was supposed to. Read, <laughs> I think he was supposed to be reading some scientific journals. <laughs> but I noticed he he also made some markings in it with a pen. What was yeah, that all about? He's, he he wants to turn these women into into his, creatures into his okay. monsters. This this swamp. This is a, this it, is crazy spooky. It looks it looked so good when you smoked it up and you put the dry ice in the water and I said and the, and the sun rays coming in. I said this is what everybody you know mm -hmm. wants to think a swamp really is. And these two kids, they're kind of Ron Rico Lee is playing um, uh, the taller one here and he. He and the little uh, Danny Taylor are both kind of me because uh, Ron Rico wants to shoot a picture of Swamp Thing to make money. He figures, oh, if he gets a shot of Swamp Thing, he's going he's gonna to clean up. He's going to clean up. Yes, this is, this is the, a comic book as, uh, life as seen through the eyes of a 10-year-old. Exactly. And these, and these kids are great. They pulled it off so well. Was he really stuck in the mud there where he had to walk? I'm out? sure he was. It was just awful. I'll tell you, the art direction here, the color, the, it, just those few flowers adds to the, that makes it paradise of this swamp. It was, I mean. It makes it look like you paradise. Could, you, they, w people would come in in the morning and they, they uh, the art director people, just before, we, for an hour before, and they put the flowers in on with wires and whatever they did, and then we'd come in and shoot it. And they were always like two steps ahead of us. There we are, littering up the swamp. Oh, <laughs> He's eating the ho hos. It was it was a hostess um, smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs>
but also you know that that these two guys they came in all the way to LA and did ADR and we had them on the stage you remember that yes because uh, it was people were afraid that you couldn't understand what Dan, what he was saying and so uh, so we we did all a huge majority of, the, of of their dialogue was all ADR that's right I remember them coming in um, Frank Welker who uh, Creature is a voice. Uh, famous for voicing creatures, did all our creatures except for Swampy. And um, I forgot who did the voice of Swampy, but it wasn't Frank Welker, it was somebody else. Welker was amazing to watch because he just made all this stuff up. It was like he was like a, a human yeah. musician, you know, he just made all these interesting sounds. And you know, uh, I'd have to say that these kids—a um, very, very cute scene—were were, were great at, at you know ad libbing. They 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 had a lot of fun, um, and I gave them a lot of leeway in terms of what they could do, and if they came up with any good ideas, uh, um, I I used every one of them saying, "I'm going to take credit for that." <laughs> And, you know, they had watched so much television that they kind of knew the, um, the the comedy timing. And, and that was such a blessing for me because they, uh, they always kind of knew what to do. They were a good duo. They played off each other really well. And actually... Um, there's another interesting thing is that they memorized all the lines, theirs and the others. So when you watch the takes, they were speaking both each other's lines. So you had to be, it, it presented a couple, pro a lot of problems though, because you couldn't run dialogue over, over the other's face because they were saying each ah. other's lines. So they did all the lines in their takes. Wow. Uh, here comes my little tribute to walking tall. <laughs> which I always enjoyed as a kid. <laughs> and I said, Swamp Thing doesn't have any w weapons, but he's already had a couple of fist fights. How about a bat? And, uh... Wow. Hitting Joey Segal in the face with a bat was, you know, it's, an audi it's a crowd pleaser with the audience. You don't have to have the sound on even to know what that kid's saying. Danny here is looking to make that money now, and so is Ron Rico. So it was it was a, it was a real pleasure to do this scene because the the kids just loved with Dick the Rock was uh, swampy. It was like he was real, and and so this little expression on his face real, is, huh? is is so real. An early selfie. And uh, does he have the lens cap on? Yes, he does. does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> We're soon to discover he doesn't even have film in the camera. <laughs> Uh, 
And of course, you can't be left alone in the swamp. Heather Leckler in the swamp. Alone. It's, it's, it's like a magnet for trouble. I don't know what she's seen. He's just knocked out every, every half of his uh, team. Here comes the dreaded airboats. These things were so unpredictable. I saw a lot of sequences of, of, of Dick Dorock just wandering through the swamp every time I was had a couple of free moments. And we just used them all kinds of places. Yes. You never knew where you could, you needed a little, uh, you know, oh, Swampy should be running here, or right or left. Yes. And, and Leslie is a uh, is, is classic at flipping shots to make them look right. I got to ride in one of the airboats. It was kind of fun. Here we are, third act. Um, again, uh, a lot of this film takes place at night, which meant we had to light up a lot of uh, acreage to... Uh, make it uh, look right. You know, it, 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 there was no lighting in the swamp. So uh, it all had to come from um, our vans and lights and things to make it look right. Otherwise, it, it kind of went into that Ed Wood territory, and I did not want to have this film look um, threadbare like that. So we had to light the swamp all the time. And uh, it took a lot just to get, you know, Every night we'd come there and I'd, you know, I'd say like we'd waste an hour, <laughs> but we weren't really wasting an hour. Well, did you have generators? Or? Yes, we had generators and we had uh, a crew that would put up these little big lights. And uh, here's another scene that everybody seemed to enjoy uh, where they trade off um, sc battle scars. I think it's been ripped off a number of times in, in, in films in films after this. Subsequent. Yeah. Yes. Actually, it has. Jaws came out first, right? What? Jaws, Jaws was earlier. Jaws was earlier, but... It was a favorite. Scene. It was a favorite. Yeah. So I guess I ripped it off, too. What the heck? <laughs> All these years, Jim thought it was an original That's idea. right. It, it's in Jaws, too. It just reminded me. Oh, okay, well... A thief who steals from a thief is pardoned for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> is it that was from... homage. It wasn't stolen. It was an homage. All right, well, whatever the case. <laughs> Let's just say it was a satire. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Fair use. There's Louie again. Well, you do have to admit, looks pretty good doing all, wandering through this entire movie, you know. I'm trying to think of how old he was at, at this yeah, point. Yeah, I was going to say, for an older gentleman, you know. He, he, he must have been late 60s when he did this. Really? Or late, mid-60s. I know what, he was dyeing his hair. He didn't come to the rap party. Um, which allowed me to sing Louie Louie. 
<laughs> on stage. On stage at the rap party. <laughs> with, Heather was with there. With new lyrics. <laughs> That's right. The composer never gets invited to the rap parties. Just the so rap party know. was in Georgia. It was in Georgia. I would have they flown also in, sang, okay? They sang Wild Thing as Swamp Thing. We did wild. sing, we did sing uh, Swamp Thing as... Because we were doing a little karaoke. Oh. Monique never looked better than in this picture. She's, you know, she, she's... Oh, I think Deathstalker, too, she looks better. Than really? This. Oh, absolutely. For me. It's my own personal. Well, she plays two different characters in Deathstalker, too. Yeah. Because I, I shot that in Argentina, and I needed to have as many people who could speak English in the movie, so I <laughs> wrote, wrote her as two characters. And she did, she did great in both of them. Very 80s hairstyle. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Along with those machine guns, very 80s. Are those Uzis? This is where Swami breaks in. Dolly move. Yes. This is a case where, you know, we have extra time, so I said, I want to make this look as, yeah. as big as I can make it. And uh, so I would always sit still for these incredibly difficult dolly shots. What I like about this set is that everything really looks functional. These are all real pieces to real technology. I guess so. So it adds to the realism of this scene it looked, for me. You know, when I saw the water, I said, oh, it's very Dr. No. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it looks straight out of a, like, you know, like, what was that um, early comic book, like the horror comic before EC? EC, com EC Comics. Oh, yeah. It's got that kind of like mad, twisted, funny uh, EC comic book horror mm -hmm. feel. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, who knows what all this stuff is, but it just looks good. Seems like it should oh, do I was, something. I was impressed. I walked on that set and I said, I don't care how hot it is in here, I love this set. <laughs> They're always looking the wrong way. <laughs> They're bad guards. They're yeah. bad yeah, guards. guards are supposed to look out, not in. <laughs> hey, he's lighting a cigarette. But we, you know, this is a scene that's always done in every action film, where you know, the good guy defeats all the minions before he gets to the real bad villain. This was a, a kind of a, a little tribute to uh, an Outer Limits. It looks Outer Limits-y. Yeah, I was always impressed with Outer Limits. And and I, th I also think during this cue, the music you're listening to, it has a real trumpet in it. Really? Yeah, in the days of, you know, synth scores. Well, I was... We I actually brought a trumpet player in for this. I was, I was trying to make it look Outer limits and and I, I think I kind of succeeded. First season, Outer Limits. Would need to be in black and white. That's true, but there was oh, there, there was an episode where where stuff like this was happening, and I just said, you know, I can do something like that, where he's taking the essence of his own daughter and keeping himself alive. And and these devices worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, they're on. There, this is amazing. Well, there, there, there was a lot of 
uh, real test equipment. Yeah, real like. test equipment. Yeah. and and it was a lot of a lot of fun to be on these sets. There's a lot of also projections going on, like little things that are being projected oh, through the okay. monitors. Again, this is a real building, but this whole thing that sticks out was a um, a facade. Now, if you look at this, you can see me pushing this jeep. <laughs> see that? There's a white shirt behind it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is. That's there. you. That's me. <laughs> How come you had to push it? Because it wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing. That last shot was was uh, shot on a different night, where the burning bush. Where, where it flipped over. But that night, I had Joey Segal. I had the jeep, but the jeep wouldn't turn over. So I said, I'm going to get behind and push this fucker into the uh, into the cat toward the camera. And it worked. It worked. It wasn't on at all. You pushed. That was all you. That was me pushing that jeep <laughs> with another guy behind. Okay. So it was two people pushing the jeep. But my had a white shirt on that night, and that was me. That's how you brought the film in on budget. I, I don't know if it was on. If I did, but I certainly you did. I was pushing that jeep. Ah, oh, the experiment's gone bad. Yes, it has, and. Because what? You switch the formula. Wrong tuber. That's mm -hmm. it. Oh, she's feeling guilty. That's it. He's just not, he's just not villainous enough, you know? He's a Frenchman. He's a Frenchman, I guess. But, you know, so's Patrick. And Patrick, Patrick, I've seen Patrick be a villain, okay? He just wants to be a lover. We're talking about our, our sound guy. He's keeping silent because he wasn't involved with this picture. But he's behind us. I don't know. I think he's pretty villainous. Really? Yeah. He worked I always thought he was the worst me. Bond villain ever. No, but he's uh, he shot her. I mean, there was no contest here. Swamp Thing versus Louis Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Louis Jordan's going down, okay? So I had to bring in at least somebody. So I brought in Joey Segal you know, to take the hit. So that you could have a, a so, real fight. Happen. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> There he goes. And then so now I uh, got the Outer Limits monster. Now I got the Outer Limits monster. <laughs> Is, did you actually get... Um, I told Steve... Ilya Kuryakin to play I, No, the... I told Steve Neal, <laughs> the makeup guy, to, to, you know, give me a couple... Give me the Outer Limits here, and he did. <laughs> and, and... You know, there was there was no fighting with Louis Jordan, so I had to have you know stuff happen, and that's why I had him do the uh, uh, the little you know atomizer early throughout the movie, so that when he came out of that doorway, you know who it is, and he and he did that thing with the atomizer, you know exactly who it is. Doctor Rochelle is back. <laughs> that's it. He's gone. Tough, tough, Louie, tough. 
Elephant Man. Yeah, it was it was a great collection of of, of wacky monsters that they they devised. And now all hell breaks loose, and uh, Heather's gone. It was early gene therapy. Yeah. And of course, you know, we knew Heather wasn't really dead. They, this makeup withstands even these tight close-ups, which was pretty cool. Zoran Hochstetter, who was my DP for many films back in the 80s, um, did an incredible job putting um, this film on, on, on celluloid. And here's the old grenade in the pants routine. <laughs> it's another Leslie Rosenthal edit there. Yeah, into the destructometer. Exactly. And I got to blow this place up, which was kind of nifty. My theory was if they built the set, it was mine to destroy. So we, we, we power packed this place with, with pyro. And I said, oh, so long, Louie. Um, <laughs> we packed this place with pyro so much that and we had like, I think, six cameras on it at one point. At least, yeah. Six cameras on it, and everybody had to step out of the building. And we, we set all the cameras in motion. And then ran. And then ran. <laughs> <laughs> this is and during, the, and during this whole scene with all this stuff blowing up, um, I think there was, uh, there was one guy in there who, who saw it all. And everybody was standing outside in the daytime, and suddenly every bat, bird, insect, and everybody from that inside that building took a hike. I'm it sure. It was like an exodus from that building. That's where you get your money's worth out of the facade. Oh, yeah. That... I waited three hours to do that. That's fabulous. Three hours. I and I think that was one take. That was one and take. And Kelly <laughs> yeah. Maroney runs out <laughs> with a paint can. And and here's another shot I waited so long to do because it took forever to get it right. But I said, if it, this is this is the end of the movie, I got I got to do this right. So you know, Zorin placed the light far down, and we smoked it up, and it got too smoky, and we did it. Like I don't know, six times. It's perfect until it, until it, until I said, "Oh, that's the right one," and I told Dick, "Don't reveal the light. Just walk in toward the light." And uh, you and your score here are, you know, make make that scene wonderful. And thank you, Leslie, for cutting it together. Also, there's an interesting thing. There's there's a a jump cut in there to make. Uh, Swamby's face toward camera, and he's, there's a little hold on it, so there's a jump in it 
to speed it up. Oh, being... really? I didn't even yeah. notice that. Yeah, that's why you, you can't tell. Oh, yeah, I, I could not. I've seen this thing a million times. This is a power he had in the original Swamp Thing to suddenly return people back to life, which I thought mm. was very godlike for Swamp Thing. But it was something he he did in the first one. And I said, okay. And there's a whole different... When she sits up here, it's three days later. Really? She's lying down. <laughs> and they looked at the footage and they said, well, let's do that again, make her look like an angel when she sits up in the frame. Yeah. So we... we um, we went back and reshot. So she's down here, like here, but when she sits up... It's three days later. It's three days later. The Swamp Thing... Like right here. Boom. <laughs> different, different, wow. different hair. Really? Yeah. I didn't. She's got the same outfit on. She does, but, yeah. But it was relit. I love and, that. And we shot this... Is that a fake foot? Yes. Yeah. We shot this, um... um one thing. No. In front of those editing room out here in LA. Yeah, right out here. Yeah. We were like in the parking lot or something. Yeah. Is Swamp, is he a, is he a vegan? I believe he is. Wow. Again, that's another shot from the comic book. Uh, oh, let's, yay, it's Louis Jordan, who I hate. <laughs> Heather is great. I love her. Great shot of her, too. Those are real blue eyes. Sarah Douglas, gorgeous, sexy. And, of course, Joey Segal. Well, the creep's creep. <laughs> Ace Mask, who's in a number of my movies. I love him, too. Nice choice of freeze frames, Leslie. Monique Gabrielle. 1985, 1991. Well, you know, it's the 80s. We had the freeze Rodrigo Lee. Exactly. Who's now a, 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 a pretty good actor out here in L.A. And Danny Taylor, who's uh, gone on to, uh, you know, I guess direct and... He's now married and lives in Georgia somewhere. And Dick DeRock, the late great. Loved working with him. He's a very sweet man. And just as an afterthought, we were shooting this and I said... I'm going to do one more shot. <laughs> and I just nailed this. This is right near Uncle Shed's. I said, I, I want a scene. I was just waiting for cars to show up when I shot this. And and of, of them bickering about the um, no, fact that there no was no film. film in the camera. So they're not going to make their big fortune. Culprit worms. I know. I was reading that going... Whoa. I could not have come up with culprit worms. That culprit was there. Worms. <laughs> that was there. Anyway, thank you for watching. And uh, on behalf of Chuck Serino, Leslie Rosenthal, Arnie Holland, and myself, we say goodbye. We hope you enjoyed the show. And um, we'll catch you, uh, catch you all later. Bye for now.